Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Adair Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is LaCharles and we're so glad you could join us. However, before we get into the word, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord, and we just thank you for the multitude of the wisdom that you have, Lord, and that you have shared it with us as well, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead us and guide us into all situations, Lord, and to show us things to come. And Lord, we just thank you that you've given him to us freely, Lord, without price, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have also given us your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us as we get the opportunity to dive into the Word together. We are in Hebrews, and this morning we are beginning chapter 10. And we're going to cover the first 10 verses. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, Layla. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of the sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins." Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, To do your will, O God, and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen. So at this time, and as is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you may have. I would like to go first. All right, Layla. Um, I've been waiting to get to this chapter, actually, because (laughs) I had a lot of notes I had taken. But since we're in the beginning, let's start. And I would like to talk about, for just this moment, the verses 2 and 3, where it was talking about um, the sin offerings. If it had fulfilled and done all that the blood of Jesus could do, wouldn't it have stopped being offered? Mm -hmm. The answer, which is no. And Paul led with the the explanation, know that um, would you continue to offer if it had done what Jesus had said? Okay. So that is to say the blood of bulls and goats could not, does not, and will never do what Jesus' blood did. So that's why the um, priest had to go into the tabernacle every year on the Day of Atonement to offer sacrifices and why they had to burn so many goats and rams throughout the weeks and months mm-hmm. because it didn't have the power that the blood of Jesus has to wash away sins. And the reminder, LaCharles, you mentioned in a an earlier episode when you were discussing this about 
the, the sacrifices and having to cleanse your consciousness and allow the Lord to work with you to um, get rid of those dead thoughts because the, the, the blood of goats, there was always that reminder that you had to offer something because you sinned because you chose to be disobedient as dad would say it here you insist well the lord insists so um <laughs> well he insists but he insists according to his law his rule exactly right? and and in there yeah there's there's some discipline some admonishment some correcting right there's a great amount of mercy but there is exactly I was tremendous amount to, of mercy but there's and also abundance tra- of grace a tremendous amount of grace and mercy mm-hmm because that also all of it shows his his love towards us. Mm-hmm. But just to, thank you, Dan and Molly, for that wonderful explanation. The other thing that I wanted to say, and why I was mentioning the consciousness, and it shows the difference between us humans and how the Lord operates. I know when the boys do something I don't like, or when anybody does something I don't like, I have that little whiteboard and I make a tally and a tick mark for every wrong that they've done against me so that when I deem the time is right, I can pull it out and use it to harm pounce, the person. To pounce, to strike. Which is ungodly. I don't encourage anyone to do that. And I'm working on well, ridding myself don't, don't of that work. as well. Don't work. Up- uproot it. Um, I am. Be perfected in love because yes. love keeps no account of a suffered wrong. There it is. Which is why this the, the blood of Jesus was so important. And it shows that the Lord isn't counting tick marks against us. He's not going, oh, Layla, you sinned and ready to roll that newspaper up and conk us over the head with it. It does remain when you choose not to bring it under the blood. But he was being sincere when he said, and he meant what he said when he said, your sins and your lawless deeds, I'll remember no more. And we'll read that um, later in Hebrews. We'll see that scripture as well. But when he told the Israelites and he tells us today, he he was being genuine when he told us that when we repented, he wasn't going to keep account of it. So for us, that's showing us that as we walk on the earth, that we should not be keeping account of anybody else's wrongs toward us. We read in First Corinthians 13 that love doesn't, keep a track record of suffered wrong it, it doesn't have a tally mark and a whiteboard to remind themselves and others that they have fallen short of the glory of god we're supposed to be showing others the same mercy that we expected and enjoyed receiving from the lord because we've each have done things that would warrant us being thrown in shield this instant mm-hmm. um there's an application of this about cleansing our conscience um from dead works uh well that yeah that's nine fourteen of hebrews mm-hmm. but when it relates to discussing consciousness of sin it's also talking about cleansing your mind and removing uh the blinders that say here's the pathway of sin that you must walk in that and follow it so it's you remember when he told the the pharisees you spend all this time on the outside of the cup but the inside is filthy. Exactly. So he's talking about cleansing the cup. So there, it's contained in there um, to operate in, for, in forgiveness and remove the thoughts of operating in unforgiveness. But it's more like replacing the sin nature with God nature. 
And while there does need to be time for the, the mind to be renewed, right? Because we are three-part being, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And until Christ comes into our life or until we receive him, we're walking around with the soul being dead to God. I mean, sorry, the spirit is being dead to God and the soul is running the show. And the show, the soul learns by experience. Well, all it's been exposed to is wicked, sinful, evil experiences, <laughs> carnal experiences. So that's mm-hmm. all it has to go on. And the body is just the vessel to do whatever the strongest, most dominant part of you tells it. So when Christ came, he made the opportunity for the spirit to become alive to God, right? And to know, to love, and to desire the things of God. And you saw him give us examples of that, um, where he talked about loving your enemy, for example. That's becoming alive to the things of God, to understand that and to know it. And so one of the things that this also covers, uh, we're specifically connecting back to chapter 9, verse 14, um, to cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It's referring to even the mindset that thought these repetitious, ungodly patterns were the way to go to even erase that so that you have a chance to freely serve God. So when I, if I could give you an example of when I come to God, say I committed a sin, I honked that horn at someone who cut me off in traffic and I shook my fist, not my middle finger, but just my fist. And I temporarily let anger flare in me. I know that's not right, right? I'm a believer. So First um, John 1, 9 applies to me. If I, if I commit any sin, right? He's willing and faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That that's for the believer. Or if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? So I come and I say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for that. I was wrong to honk my horn and be angry. Let that flare of anger boil up in me and shake my fist in the window and scowl my eyes. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm wrong for that. I forgive me. And so he says, yes, forgiven, right? I'm already forgiven. However, the remembrance of what I did lingers. The familiarity of what I did lingers, right? And that still needs to be dealt with. So then how I use this in prayer and I, I'll say, Lord, especially when the sentence of guilt rises up and says, "Uh uh-uh, you still ain't clean. You remember you did this. You know how you thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wrong. I'll say, Lord, thank you. Cleanse my conscience from dead works. And I'll apply the blood of Jesus in that manner. And instantly it wipes out that remembrance of what I did wrong. And even that pathway of this is what I do in those circumstances. It covers all of that in the blood of Jesus. Now, do I have to work to establish good patterns? Yes. But I get a clean slate. When I apply the blood of Jesus in that way. And so let's let's think about it this way. When you have a pattern of committing sin, there it's like there's a groove etched in your mind um, or a groove in sand, right? And then when water hits it, what does it do? It follows that pathway. But when we apply the blood of Jesus to cleanse our conscience from dead works, fleshly works, carnal works are all dead works. There's no life in them. That's why they're dead, right? There's sin. That's why it's dead. Sin leads to death, right? So that's why those are dead works. When we get that fresh slate, the the blood of Jesus comes and applies over that groove that was there. And now it's my job 
to apply the word of God to build new habits, new pathways that are aligned and lead to the life that Christ has said. Bless those who curse you. So that also means bless those who cut you off in traffic. <laughs> Don't honk at them. Bless and do not curse. So mm-hmm. bless and do not honk, right? <laughs> so I can just apply that to my life. And do not shake thou fist at your neighbor who maybe was driving irresponsibly. And that's just an example. But the way that we use the word and the way that we understand the word is for our benefit and to also know Mm -hmm. and understand what God has placed here. It does us good because I don't have to walk in condemnation about shaking my fist or being angry for a moment. I don't have to continue in those kind of behaviors. I don't have to continue on that cycle. And then I'm asking God for repentance daily because I'm still doing these same things. I have a way out. And it's not just going, okay, I'm getting to go to heaven one day, which is great. That's, that's a huge step. That's the first step. But I can also have victory in my day-to-day life as well. So when he talks about cleansing the conscience, it's washing the inside of the cup that he's, he's referring to and replacing those things with the God connections. That was it, Mama. You covered it so nicely. Oh, go ahead, LaCharles. You have something you wanted to say? Yes, I do. Um, and I will have to talk more about this inside of the next episode. But I would just like to open the can on the first <laughs> one. For the law having a shadow of the, of the good things to come and not the very image of the things what can never with these same sacrifices which are on um, which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect and Lil, you talked um touched on this earlier when you're talking about how the blood and booze and goats wasn't as good as the blood of jesus nor could it ever be it wasn't right as mm-hmm. much if there's three pounds of blood on the altar then it's equatable to the blood of jesus no that's not how it works mm-hmm. it didn't matter how much but we also have to understand here is that um, and I know I said this multiple times beforehand. At this point, they still have the temple. They're still going in one, going in once a year to go and offer blood on the mercy seat. They're still acting like they have always have. The temple has not been destroyed yet. Mm-hmm. And once, and he's beginning. Um, he's already been talking about this, but understanding. The Apostle Paul. Yes. Okay. The or Holy the Spirit through mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul. Okay. Amen. Yep. Is beginning to say that. Once you understand that what the law was here to represent, the law wasn't here so you guys can try to check it off on the list like the um, young rich ruler mm-hmm. where he was saying, okay, I've done all these things from my youth. So what else do I lack? I'm essentially perfect. That's what he was getting at. He mm-hmm. didn't necessarily want Jesus to answer that. He wanted Jesus to clap his hands and say, man, you awesome. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he truly desired in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I know from my own experience that I have had situations where I talk to the Lord as, like that as well and say, <laughs> Lord, what else do I lack? <laughs> so I have a question. Uh-huh. Yes, Dan. So as you, cause you brought this up and I'm not, that bears some acknowledgement here, right? But let's also get us thinking. And by thinking, I mean, put this before the Lord. At this time, right, the temple was still, the second temple was still established. It was still standing. Sacrifices were still being offered. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was approximately 2,000 years ago, right? Yes. Okay. So for the last 2,000 years, how many Jews or what Jews have even been concerned of going to hell because no sacrifices have been able to be offered. I don't know. I mean, I've there's no temple, right? So, so if, if we're, and I'll bring this up 
because it further highlights the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. I don't know I, I don't know of one who's concerned that they're not still able to offer sacrifices or for the last 2000 years have been concerned that for 2000 years all the relatives have gone to hell because no sacrifices have been able to be offered because there's no temple. So it further highlights that Jesus' blood or who Jesus is as our great and high priest and as the sacrificial lamb or the lamb slain before the foundation of the world has covered everything, every sin, and it's his blood that washes it white as snow. Mm-hmm. Not the blood of bulls and goats and and all these other things, right? Cattle mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of life. It's not those things. It's the blood of Jesus that has done this. Mm-hmm. So we, for our part then, must just understand who he is and draw near to him, humble ourselves and submit to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and acknowledge what he did and put him in his rightful place as our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hebrews 8.13 says this, and that he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So still saying that God, yes, he gave an example. He gave a, a temporary placeholder, but it wasn't the permanent thing. And he is, it's vanishing. And they actually experienced this mm-hmm. um, not not too much longer after uh, this, this time in history that the temple was destroyed. Because... Um, not because the Romans were so wicked, but because God was ready for them to look at Christ exactly. and behold the Messiah and not to be entangled with um, dead works, if you will. He right. said it's it's ready to vanish away. It's been completed. And while God is saying, okay, this is you know, transitioning out, here's the new thing that's coming in, this is what we're supposed to focus on. Um, sometimes it's like for a for a woman who is with child, she needs the placenta. The baby has to be attached mm-hmm. and the placenta has to be attached to the wall of her uterus for the, the pregnancy to endure and for it to be safe for both of them. But after she has the baby, she doesn't need the placenta anymore. And Absolutely. actually it becomes a hazard to her for the placenta to remain in her body after the baby has mm-hmm. been birthed. So after the mom delivers the baby, she has to also deliver the placenta uh, because her body will begin to see it as a foreign object after she's no longer with child. The body understands that this hormone is not being produced, the baby's delivered, and it's time to now transition to producing milk to sustain the life of the baby, not to um, foster and protect the pregnancy anymore. The body knows it's time to transition. But if the mother goes, no, leave the placenta in there, she will likely die of severe infection because that placenta needs to be delivered. And her body needs a chance to stop the blood loss and to heal and carry on and resume life as it should be when there's no child physically in her body. So likewise, we cannot say to God, when he is ready to transition, no, no, keep this lingering on because after he transitions away from it, now it becomes a stumbling block. Exactly. Like the the serpent on the pole was a temporary thing, but they tried to hang on to it. For as long as possible. Because it seemed it's familiar, it's worked in the past, all these things, whatever their thoughts and mind well, processes and were even about with that, it. It had to be done away with 
but the Lord also sent someone to tell them what had happened, explain it to them so they could understand prior to it being done away with. And in this epistle, mm-hmm. Paul is writing to, well, the Hebrews or the Jews of the day. Mm-hmm. He's being used in that same manner prior to the destruction of the second temple. Paul is writing saying, hey, there's no need for this because Christ, as in the continuation of animal sacrifice, mm-hmm. as, as he's been writing about this in much of this epistle or letter, mm-hmm. saying this was all fulfilled in Jesus, who is the Messiah, the Christ. Mm-hmm. Understand what he did for you. And what he's doing now. Now, exactly. Because he's not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. Yes, he is seated. Hallelujah. Amen. He's at a place of rest, but that doesn't mean he's not doing work. He's exactly. in the new phase. This is the current phase of what his ministry is because Christ didn't just become into existence when we see him in his earthly ministry. He he was and is and is to come. He is always, I am that I am. He's eternal. He's always been here. He's mm-hmm. just had different roles throughout time and history of what he does in his carrying out in the earth. So his role now is he's our great high priest and he's our intercessor. He's making intercessions for us at the right hand of the father. Absolutely. Waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. He's the head of the church and he is carrying out that full on, just like he carried out his natural earthly ministry. Exactly. So for our part then is to understand what he has done or is, has done and is doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then come into alignment with that. Receive him and that for who he is. Appreciation is the key. Thank you. Yes. Not only A understand it, but you have to appreciate it. But appreciation adds value. Like Amen. I see the value of this for me. So I have a, a placed and esteemed value to what Christ has done. And I respect it because Amen to that. it's so precious to God as well. And I value him and I, I want to see it the way he sees it. So appreciation. Mm-hmm. If if you say, okay, that's who you are, but you don't appreciate it, right? I can give you the nicest, like for humans, the nicest Rolls Royce and it's decked out and all made of gold. But if you don't appreciate it, you're going to drive it like a bumper car, right? Or you may not drive it at all. You're going to wreck it and be done with it. And you're going to grumble and complain because you don't appreciate it. You don't value it. But if you value it, you'll take care of it. Absolutely. So there's a lot in there. All that being said, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you as you search out the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have any questions, by all means, mm-hmm. reach out, contact us. You can email us directly at a day of prayer or excuse me, ministry at a day of prayer.org or through our website, a day of prayer.org. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So that being said, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right. The Charles. Lord, we just thank you for all the things that you provided for us inside of our life, Lord. We just thank you for those things that we see visibly, Lord, and those things that we don't necessarily see, Lord. We just thank you for them as well, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to show yourself, Lord, that you continue to help us uproot the things that don't glorify you inside of our lives, Lord, and replace them with your character, Lord, and your love inside of our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to help with that, Lord, to point out those things that don't glorify you, Lord, so that way we can take care of them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. and Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? 
Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.